Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. All right, go ahead and turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 5 and verse 10. And while you're turning, let's proclaim the vision of Overcomers Christian Center. Ready? Begin. To empower the body of Christ to fulfill that God-given vision and to equip the body of Christ to become self-sufficient as was done in early church according to Acts chapter 4 and verse Luke chapter 5 verse 10 reads as follows. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. I want to talk to you on, on this from this topic, not allowing fear to stop me. If I want you to say that with me, I'm not going to allow fear to stop me. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, your presence is here. We, we are acknowledging your presence. Your anointing is ministering to your sheep. Continue to feed us knowledge and understanding. Father, we pray, Father, as we go for these next few minutes, that our hearts and our minds will be attentive to what the Holy Spirit is ministering in this sanctuary. And we continue to bind the enemy and cast him out. Plead your blood upon this congregation. Father, as we hear your word, help us to apply it in our everyday life. So in turn, we can think, we can talk, we can conduct our lives more like Jesus. And Father, we do proclaim and declare that the blessing of the Lord is making us rich and is adding no sorrow with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. I believe truly that the Lord desires for us to launch out beyond fears. He wants us to propel or push forward or move forward out beyond fears, being reluctant, being hesitant, and shy. Anything that would try to hinder us from following him wholeheartedly. We must be able to push past and move forward despite sometimes wanting to hesitate sometimes want to be reluctant, sometimes feel a level of discomfort or uncertainty. And let me say this to you. You ain't lived long enough till you've experienced a level of discomfort and uncertainty. I believe truly that anybody that gets beyond their comfort zone, what they're used to, is going to experience a level of being discomfort as well as being uncertain. We cannot allow or permit or give an opportunity for fear to stop us, to cause us to cease, to cause us to hesitate, to cause us to pause when it comes to obeying God's written and revealed word. Especially when it comes to sharing the gospel with others, ministering to babes in Christ, ministering to those who are looking for change in their lives, and those looking for a solid church family with, with imperfect people who serve a perfect God. Hallelujah. Jesus told Simon, don't be fearful. Don't hesitate. Don't be shy. From now on, you will help change the destiny and the purpose of those who hear your word. Hear his word, I should say. Just like someone did for you. You can do for somebody else. We see in Luke chapter 5 and verse 10. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't be fearful. Don't hesitate. Don't be to the point that you want to run and be put to flight. From now on, you will catch men. Now, let's see what led to the conversation of what, why Jesus made this particular statement to Simon. Let's start off in the book of Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And so it was as the multitude was 
pressing. They were applying pressure. They sensed an urgency about him to hear, to understand, to comprehend, and perceive the word of God. That he stood by the lake of Genesaret. So Jesus, let's say this is the lake right here, and people were pressing to against him. They were, excuse me, they were trying to hear the word of God. They were trying to hear the word of God. They were pressing their way to hear the word of God. Kind of reminds me of time I went to a service recently, and the lady that was giving the comments, she made the statement that, can y'all, I know my mouth is loud, I know y'all can hear me. Well, that was good for the people up front, but the ones in the back couldn't really understand what she was saying because we were further away from uh, what she was talking from. And so when the ones in the back said, yeah, you need the microphone because we can't hear you. Are y'all following what I'm saying there? They didn't have a microphone system like we have here today that amplifies my voice so it will carry further than just the front row, second row, and the third row. And so they, Jesus said he's at the lake and he's teaching the people, but the people in the back were pressing the weight toward the front because they wanted to make sure they heard the word of God. They wanted to understand what he was saying. They didn't want to miss one word that God has because it could have been a life-changing word, a word that could have took them to their destiny. And we see that the multitude was urgently trying to get to Jesus to hear him teach the word of God. They didn't want to miss anything. They wanted to hear what Jesus was saying, and it was seen they had a hard time hearing, so they was pressing in order to get closer. They were like us. They could not afford to miss the word of God. So Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and I thought about this from 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 my personal standpoint, you know, the people were pressing to get to the word of God, but I had, had to ask myself the question, do I press in order to get to the word of God? Do I press in order to hear or to spend time with the Lord? Or do I just let it come as may? Do I let myself get busy and not hear what the Spirit of God is saying into my life? Do I press to get to church? Do I press to have devotion time? Do I press in order to pray? Do I press in order to give? Do I press in order to have a deeper relationship with Jesus? Do I press? I can talk about the multitudes, but if I took it personally, where would God find me at? Would he find me just not not really paying attention, not really pressing, or would he see me applying pressure and showing him how urgent it is that I hear his word? And let's pray for one another that God gives us power to be urgent about when it to be urgent to hear what God is saying into our lives. I believe our lives would change for the better if we have the mindset that the word is so important to us that I would do what it takes to hear God's written and revealed word. We pray us prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, what is your bread for today? What is your bread for the day? You pray, give us this day our daily bread, but when God prepares the bread, do you go get it? Or do you leave it sitting on the table? And you say, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy, but you never go to the table. You never go where God is preparing you to hear his word. Because you got to press sometimes in order to get it. You got to get out of the bed sometimes in order to get it. Sometimes you got to, listen, stay up late in order to get it. Sometimes you got to do what it takes in order to hear the word of God. You got to press. You got to press. You got to press. Lord, help me as a pastor to increase my sense of urgency when it comes to hearing, understanding, and comprehending your written and revealed word so that I may lead others in like manner. So we see here in Luke chapter chapter 5, verse 1, so it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And then Jesus looked around and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen 
had gone from them and were washing their nets. And so, you know, Jesus has an answer to the problem that is before him. Remember that people wanted to get to him, but Jesus knew what to do in that situation. Now, I tell you right now, many times when you look at the actions of Jesus, see, Jesus knows answers that we can't even comprehend sometimes with our natural mind. We have to just be led by him and say, you know, I walk by faith and not by sight. I keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Jesus knew what he was doing. Probably nobody else did, but he knew what he was doing. But anyway, he saw two uh, boats and one and one of them had left their boat and they were washing their nets. And so we read a little bit later. See that they had been working all night and they had been fishing. They were going out fishing all night long. They were they had toiled, and so they got back in. And I can imagine if I was thinking about they just came back in. They were thinking about, you know, I'm gonna wash these nets. I'm gonna make sure they're ready for me to go back out again tonight. I'm gonna go back home. This is me thinking, okay? I'm gonna go back home and get some rest and get ready to go back fishing tonight because I know I may not have caught anything tonight, but I probably if I fish back again tomorrow night, I'm gonna catch something else. But Jesus had another plan. Jesus had another plan. He was observing about the activity going around the, the lake. He knows the fishermen had left their boats and were cleaning their nets. But Jesus had another plan. You see, there, there was not a time. There's not a time. There's not a situation. There's not a situation that God doesn't know our plans. He observed our activities. He understands what we're doing in life. But God decided to interrupt the plans. Oh, you ain't live long enough to God interrupts your plans. Because why? He got a better plan for you. Everybody say a better plan. Uh, thank God he got a better plan for all of us. We may have one plan, but God has a better plan. That's why the Bible teaches us that in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You got one plan, but God got another plan. And so pick it up in verse three. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon. Oh, I thank God he got in Simon's boat because I truly believe he chose Simon's boat for a reason. One of the things I thought about when I when he got on the Simon's boat, it was not an accident that he chose Simon's boat. He chose it for a reason. And notice what he did. He got to one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. So. They're here at the lake of Genesaret. Jesus gets on Simon's boat. There is another boat on the side, which we'll find out later is his partner's. But anyway, he gets on Simon's boat. He pulls out a little from the, from the land. And what does he begin to do? And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And so now he's imparting instructions, he's expounding on matters, he's instilling doctrine. But this is the thing I love about it. He knows now everybody can hear. Everybody can hear Jesus teaching the uh, the multitudes. The people in the back can hear, the people in the front can hear, the people in the mirror in the middle can hear. But who knew that water could carry sound like that? Jesus did. You know why he knew it? Because he created it. <laughs> Woo! See, just because you think you know some stuff, you don't know stuff like Jesus. Jesus knows some stuff. I, I, I can get all scientific with it, but Jesus knew how the war, if he got a little bit back, he could speak and the water would just carry the sound and everybody could hear when they couldn't hear when he was on the side, he knew if he went a little bit back, began to teach. And those, the Bible says he sat down. That's been me. I've been trying to yell, make sure everybody can hear. I've been at the top of the boat. Hey, y'all, y'all make sure you do what thus saith the Lord. But no, he sat down. Notice how calm he was. Jesus didn't panic. He knew what he was doing the whole time. He had a solution for what the problem was. And let me say before I go further, Jesus got the solution to what your problem is. It may not be what you think it is. He may have to sit on a boat, amen, and speak to the multitude, but he got the answer to your problem. He got the answer to your problem. 
And so he got and he repositioned himself. He repositioned uh, the boat so the people could hear him. And I thank God he repositioned the boat. He placed it in a different position. He adjusted and he shifted some things so that everybody could hear what what thus saith the Lord. And I love the fact that God continues to reposition us in our lives. He repositioned us to lead us to bigger and to better. Listen, you may not mind an interruption if you know it's going to lead you to bigger and to better. God can reposition your life and put you in a better position and people may not understand why you pulling back on a boat and speaking to the crowd, to the multitude but God knows it's going to cause everybody to receive bigger and better. Everybody say bigger and better. Thank God for bigger and better. Now once he told Simon to pull from the land, Jesus sat down and talked to the multitude. Now I want you to consider a word in here. We're going to come back to it in a moment. But I I almost missed this. Thank you, Lord, for this word right here. He taught the multitudes from the boat. Think about this for a moment. He's teaching. He's imparting instruction. He's expounding on matters. He's instilling doctrine into the multitudes. Keep that word in mind. We're going to come back to it because it's an important word. And once he told Simon to get on the boat, he used the boat as his pulpit and the lake as his platform to teach the word of God. The people were, were, that were pressed and were persistent got to hear what thus saith the Lord. He didn't get upset. He remained, he still remains the prince of peace in every situation, in every circumstance it is. Some of us would have been, would have panicked. Some of us would have got frustrated. Some of us would have got upset. Can't nobody hear me. Can't nobody hear. Oh, Oh, God, what are we going to do with all these people up here? But Jesus never panicked. He never got frustrated. He never got upset. He just said, hey, Peter, pull back a little bit. Let me sit down and teach these people. Woo, I thank God God never panics. Every time you see your situation, remember, God's not panicking. Every time you're going through something, God's not panicking. Oh, I can't pay the bill. God's not panicking. Oh, my body's sick. God's not panicking. Oh, God, I see this, that, and the other. God is not. Thank God he don't, because why? He's got a solution. He got a solution for your finances. He got a solution for your problems. He got a solution for your trial. He got a solution for your situation. If he's not panicking, why do we panic? It's not the Prince of Peace on the inside of us. Oh, thank God for the peace that passes all understanding. Oh, you can get in a job situation. They talk in front of but you're not panicking. Oh, you're not panicking. You say, well, hey, they're going to do this, that, and the other at this job. I'm not panicking. Because, listen, my God's still going to supply the need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you got to use this company or another company, the need going to get met. Because God know how to use, oh, we'll get out of there because that, that'll preach right there. And so now we see that Jesus still, he's imparting instruction. He's expounding on life matters. He is instilling doctrine. He is pulled back and he's teaching the people. But the Lord had, was setting Simon up for a greater destiny. Woo. But Simon had to be willing to reposition himself so that he could be a vessel along with his possessions for God to use. Will we allow God to use our possessions for his glory? Will we allow God to use his money for his glory? Will we God allow, will we allow God to use our phone for his glory? Will God, will we allow God to use our vehicle for his glory? Will we allow God to use whatever for his glory? For his glory. He repositioned himself. Now, after Jesus had finished teaching, he he gave Simon some tailor-made instructions. He personalized it. It was custom fit for him. As we come in weekly to hear God's word, we need to expect tailor-personalized instructions that will help us do better and have better. Notice, chapter, notice Luke chapter 5, verse 4. And when he had stopped speaking, I thought that word was interesting because he said he was teaching earlier. Watch this. He, is, he says when he had stopped speaking, that means he's still teaching. You got to get this. I want you to get this because this is important for us to understand. 
one thing I when I looked at that, I thought this man had stopped teaching. But now he really hadn't stopped teaching. He just has changed the lesson plan up a little bit. Notice what the Bible says. He stopped speaking. Now, let me say this to you. I can teach you, but the Holy Spirit keeps on. He keeps on teaching us. He keeps on teaching us. Never stop. Never, excuse me. Never think a sermon stops when I say amen. Never think a sermon stops because we give the benediction. God is always teaching us. Just because he's not speaking don't mean he's not teaching. Watch the text. He says this in Luke chapter 5 verse 4. And when he has stopped speaking. Now before he was teaching. Now he said he stopped speaking. Never said he stopped teaching. So now he's getting ready to teach Simon something. <laughs> Listen, you may hear a word that's for the multitudes, but believe me, God has a rainbow word that he teaches each one of us when we leave this sanctuary. When you go out the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, God is still teaching you even though he stopped speaking through this anointed vessels. Are y'all following me here? You need to know that because when you're on your job, you ought to know God's teaching me something to him. When you're at home, you ought to know God's teaching me something to him. You, when you shopping, you ought to know God's teaching me something here. Because if you think that just because I stopped talking when I say with the benediction, you think God will stop talking, you're going to miss out on some valuable lessons that God has for you. And that's some of our problem. We cut, we say the benediction, we say amen, and then we turn our Bible and our spirituality on and start going back to the world way of doing things. When God is saying, hey, don't you tell hey, I'm still talking to you. I'm still teaching you. I, listen, now it's personalized. Yeah, I was teaching the multitudes, but now I got your name on this lesson right here. Your name, your name. And sometimes we don't always like the lesson he teaches, I'll be honest with you. Because some of these lessons take it through some trials. Some of these lessons take it through some, whoo. You're like, what, what, what? Nobody else going through this lesson like me. Why is nobody else dealing with some, the stuff I'm dealing with? Because it's personalized. Simon, uh, uh, excuse me, I, I, I don't want to call Simon name, whatever your name is. <laughs> I got you, I got your attention. I, now we finna, I finna literally turn and teach you something now. And you ought to know, I'm teaching the multitude now, but when I say benediction, now I'm going to say, hey, Richard, we're going to do this right here. Well, I don't want to do that, God. But notice this. This is some of my greatest revelation once we leave this sanctuary. We got the multitudes teaching, but now he's the multitude. It's what we got to learn. What you going to learn? What you going to learn in your prayer time? What you gonna learn when you fast? What you gonna learn when you witness? What you gonna learn when you're out there being a parent? What you gonna learn when you're out there working? What you gonna learn being a business owner? What you gonna learn while you're out there? So now, he said to Simon, or he said, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Woo! Put your name where Simon is. Launch out! <laughs> Launch out. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Okay? Simon's on the boat. Remember, he just pulled out. Now, I thought about this for a moment. Remember, he just finished fishing all night long. Now, one thing about professional fishermen, they know what deep water is. They have to because if not, they'll run the boat up on the, the shallow end. They have to know where the deep part is and they have to know where the shallow parts are. If not, you mess your boat up, you mess your net up. So it's not nothing he didn't know how to do. It's just something that he needed to do. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Because he knew the boat. He knew fishing. A professional fisherman going to know water. They, they, uh, in today's time, they have electronic equipment that shows them where the deep water is. But back in that day, they had to, they had to learn it sometime the hard way. How they learn it? They ran up on a rock. Ran up on, they threw a, they threw the net out with the boat and they got caught up in some rocks and they couldn't pull it back in. They had to manipulate the boat around. 
So he knew where the deep part was. But he didn't think anything was in there. But he didn't. But notice this. Jesus gave him his word. You finna catch something. And this is what you need to understand. He's teaching uh, Simon something here that the lesson to me is, is life changing. And he says this, launch out, put out into the deep, the extreme, and let down your nets. Notice not one, but nets. However many nets you got for a catch. Now, if you ain't caught nothing all night, you say, man, what for all these nets out here for? I just finished washing. I want to wash all these nets again. Can you see his mindset? I'm already tired. I ain't slept none because I've been fishing all night. I just finished washing my nets, and here I am getting ready to go out. You want me to throw these nets out here? And I said, oh, God, I can see why he looked at him kind of a little funny. See, Simon was feeling what Jesus was saying. Can I just be real with y'all? In my opinion, he was not feeling what he was saying. And so, <laughs> woo! But he gave Simon a promise. He gave Simon a promise. The promise was predicated upon him launching out and letting down his nets for a catch. He's let down his nets. Not one, but he had let down nets for a catch. You're going to catch something. Man, I've been fishing all night, man. What do you mean I'm going to catch something? I've been fishing all night. <laughs> Tired. I'm going to go to bed. I mean, you ever pulled them nets up? Them nets heavy. Wore out, sore. Ain't got no big game to put on it. Can't take no ibuprofen. Ain't got no no dose. I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm getting back home 2022. But, you know, he had went through all that. He had, remember, he just, when Jesus caught up with him, he was washing nets. Hey, I don't mind pulling it out because ain't got to wash no nets. This going to last for a little while. This going to be over with. But no, Jesus said, no, come on. Launch out. But there's a promise there. The promise is predicated on you launching out into what? The deep. To catch a, catch something. That which is taken in a hall. Launch out beyond your fears. I know you're reluctant, but launch out past it. I know you hesitate, but launch out past it. I know you're tired, but launch out past that. I know you're frustrated, but launch out past it. I know you, listen, you, you're thinking about how you're going to pay your bills, but launch out past that. I know you don't think I'm, you, your prayer going to get through, but launch out past that. I know you're frustrated, you're tired, tired dealing with all these, but launch out past it. Launch out past it. I know, because listen, I, I, I see Simon, I see Simon and Richard, I'm sorry, Simon and I'm passing out, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I see Simon and me, I, I see, I'm praying all this time, but nothing is happening, Lord. I'm giving, but I ain't seeing the results I'm looking for, God. I treat people right, but ain't nobody treat me right, God. I'm frustrated, God. I'm tired, Richard. I'm sorry, I'm Simon, Simon, I'm sorry, get back, get back, get back to Simon. Get back to Simon. You folks ain't, I'm sorry, Simon, 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 Simon. Go to this stream, though, Simon. I know, I know what you're going through, Simon. I understand you. I know you're better than you know yourself, Simon. <laughs> Woo! But go to the extreme. Be excessive, extravagant, immoderate. See, extreme will push us past fears and hesitancy. He told Simon, you got to shift your mindset to the deep, the extreme. Ready to let down your nets for a catch. You're going to haul away something, Simon. That's a promise. You're going to haul away something. See, there will be times that we will yield and submit to the influence and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. We're going to bring in a haul, a mighty increase, a high level of productivity. But see, this to me, uh, because, Lord, let me, let me say this. Let me show you something that I'm going to add to this piece right here. See, Jesus knows what's in the deep. We can't see what's in the deep, but God knows what's in the deep. Are y'all following me? Peter had been fishing all night and caught nothing, but Jesus knew what was in that water that he just left. Oh, watch this, watch this. And they send us up for something. That he, that's going to be something that we're going to operate in now. Go to 1 Corinthians 2 and 10. 
1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Watch this. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of who? God. The spirit searches what? The deep things of who? God. See, he, God, the spirit knows what the deep things of God are. He said, launch out into the deep. Why? Because the spirit knows what's in the deep things of God. You got to know, and you may not can see into the deep area, but God knows what's in the deep areas. And he said, your spirit man can take you to the deeper, more fulfilling parts of a relationship with Jesus. And when you get deep, I'm telling you, your relationship with Jesus will go to a whole new level. You're going to think better, you're going to talk better, and you're going to act better. And there will be a lot of stuff you're going to deal with in life, but God can help you. Because the Spirit is searching the deep things of God. And just like Jesus knew where the fish was at, God knows where your prosperity is. God knows where your healing is. God knows where your deliverance is. God knows where everything you need is at. He knows where it's at. He knows where your prosperity is at. He knows where your deliverance is at. He knows where your happiness is at. He knows to give you your heart's desire. He knows where it's at. He knows where it's at. Now let's go back. When it comes to God's harvest of souls, we will bring souls to to Jesus because the deed was what caused us to lift them up, promote him, and magnify him. Go to John 12 and 32. John 12 and 32. If I be lifted up, from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. If I be lifted up, if I be raised up with dignity and honor and happiness from the earth, I will draw, I will draw by inward power all peoples to myself. Hallelujah. When we lift up Jesus, he will draw all peoples to us. And we cannot allow Fear of our past to hinder us from being happy in Christ, serving him with honor and dignity. We got to lift them up in our in our living, in our work, in our uh, shopping encounters, time with family and friends. We lift them up. We can't be ashamed to live for Jesus, honor Jesus, be happy for Jesus, be excited for Jesus and to serve him. So that inward power releases us to draw on the power of God. But you know Simon, like some of us, and I can't get mad with Simon. Simon responded like some of us. But Simon answered and said, Master, we toiled all night long and caught nothing. We worked hard. We have labored. We are weary or tired. Because we worked all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, your saying is your topic, your saying, I will let down the net. Now, let me say this to you. Simon wasn't lying. Simon was not lying that he had been working all night. And I, I, and I can't get mad with him either. Because I, I've been there. I've been through this process. Process is real. Process is real. How many know process is real? I'm telling you, sometimes you're going to go through some stuff and it seems like it's not working. And you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You can think that being uh, in a relationship is working, but it may not seem like it's working. You can be single and it may not seem like a single life is working, but it's working. You can be in a situation where you're praying and it seems like your prayers are not answered. You can be giving. I'm talking about you give, giving God your tithes at a good offering. See, people not giving God his tithes, I know they ain't expecting nothing, but people that give tithes, you should expect something. You should expect something. I mean, that's who God is. You give God his tithes, good offering, you should expect something. You should expect something. But it wasn't it working like they thought it would. Now, it's my personal conviction that I cannot truly sow 
in the manner that God instructs me to and not receive a harvest from my giving. And see, no one knows my seed better than God. And no one knows your seed better than God. But I got to launch past that to try to, and don't let fear try to creep in to move me away from uh, some results that don't tell the whole story. They incomplete. They incomplete. The only time they're complete is when the manifestation takes place. When you says give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over, shall men give into your bosom. It's not complete until people are giving back into your bosom. Now, you may be five years before they start giving back into your bosom, but you got to keep on giving. Keep on giving. Don't be weary and well-doing for in due season you're going to reap if you faint not. God will never forget your labor of love. Never forget it. I know it may seem like it's not working fast enough, but sometimes God is just teaching us money management. So he, you can handle the bigger when you get it. Oh, God, watch this. Because sometimes we got to learn how to take care of the, be faithful over the small so God can bless us with more. Wait. Because you know more is coming. You know better is here, better is coming. You know God's going to give you your heart's desire, but you got to work with God. It may do it in a week. It may take years, but it's going to work. Everybody say it's going to work. And you got to be, you got to be patient with God. Because God knows your seed. And sometimes it's not the fact that you're not getting what you think you ought to get, but you might be missing the bigger picture. God's making sure there's a roof over your head. He's making sure your car functions properly. He's making sure you got a, a business and a, or a job that's functioning properly. He'll make sure you got peace while you're passes all the peace that passes all understanding. He's going to make sure because nobody knows your seed like God. Nobody knows your sacrifice like God. Nobody knows your perseverance like God. Nobody knows what your seed of support, your seed of encouragement, your seeds of worship, your seeds of guidance. Nobody knows the number of people you text in, during the week. Nobody knows the phone calls you made. Nobody knows the number of times you held your tongue when you wanted to cuss everybody out. Nobody knows the number of times you wanted to leave that job and tell all of them. Nobody knows what you go through all week and you still bring God his tithes and his offering. You know God going to bless you. You know God going to give you your heart's desire. You don't you get weary. Don't fall for the trick of the devil. Don't fall for his lies because the devil is a liar. You will get what God has for you because all the promises of God. In him are yes and amen. But it's up to us to obey his instructions in faith and trust him with the increase. When Simon acted upon his word, those were happening in Luke chapter 5, verse 6. I, when they had done, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. When they had performed his word, when they had fulfilled his word and made his word come to pass. Woo! When they had launched out their nets into the deep. Woo! Good God Almighty. You know what I, what I like about this? Uh, cause we learned later that it wasn't perfect obedience. But I like the fact that he did obey. And see, many times, I don't think you need perfect obedience, but you do need corresponding action with your faith. I don't think, G, they, uh, Simon was feeling him. Simon was not feeling what Jesus was saying, but he did it anyway. And sometimes you're not gonna feel it all the time. So, that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Because you're not always going to feel like doing certain things. Simon didn't feel like doing it, but he did it, and they caught so many fish. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. And one of the things I want you to understand about Simon, what made this to me so powerful, Simon had to fish right now. Right now. He could say, well, hold on, G, let me pray about it. Hold on, Jesus. I, I don't need to, I don't need to do, oh, hold on, hold on. Give me a week. I'll get back with you in two or three days. Hold on, hold on, Jesus. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, Jesus. Ah, 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 No. He had to do that right now. Cause the fish were right there, right now. And see, so sometimes 
We miss it because we try we wait too long. God is saying, do it now. Give now. Pray now. Do right now. Well, I, want, oh, I got, I got, oh. Especially when you got a word coming from Jesus. Not a word, I'm talking about not, this was his partners. This was coming from the Lord himself. He said, fish now. Fish now. And so they put that word in action. They call a great number of fish. Oh, God. Woo! Great number of fish. Great number of fish. So many fish, they signal to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. They gave a sign indicating their agreement. And they came and filled and furnished and filled up both boats. So they began to sink. That's a lot of fish, y'all. I don't know how big the boats were. I wish I'd have known that part. But I believe they were big enough, but not like an ocean liner, but maybe, you know, big enough. But I know this, there was enough fish to fill two boats. And I believe they still had some fish left over in that process. And I can imagine pulling, they couldn't even, first load, they couldn't even pull them all in. It was so many. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you get a you get a harvest, and you can't even find enough counts to put all your money in at one time. I mean, you know, Lord, I, Lord, all my favor, I'm getting all this time. I mean, Lord, all this favor, I gotta go call. I gotta call. I gotta call my my child paying all forgiveness in the sanctuary. I can't call them other uh, folks because <laughs> you're messing my money up with your. Sorry, let, let me go, let me go on this side. <laughs> But y'all follow me? I'm calling all my tire payers. I'm calling all my offering Hey, y'all, we got so much money. I need, cause, um, that billionaire up in, up in, uh, Atlanta, he did, he did gave me about 20 billion. I, I got, I, I need my partners to come and help me pull all this in. I hope, oh, when you get yours, you help me pull, you help, you call me to help me pull it in. You help me pull it in. Y'all follow me? I can't be stingy with it because he said, I got I need help pulling it all in. And so he got his partner to come in and help him pull it in. Hallelujah. But you know something what Jesus is doing here? He's still teaching them. He's still teaching them. I, I guess he messed their mind up, didn't he? <laughs> but notice what he said in verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw, he fell down to Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me. I am a sinful man, O Lord. I'm not free from violating God's law. I'm a wicked man. I'm a sinful man. Oh, I do like the fact that he repented. I do like the fact that he repented. And let me say something about repentance real quickly. Repentance is this. It means I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to start believing your word. Now, what I've learned about repenting is this. Repenting means I wasn't doing what the Lord told me to do, so I'm going to change the way I, way I was doing it to do it the way the Lord wants me to do it. Now, what I need for you to watch this example real quick. I want to show you something that I thought was pretty interesting. You could be right here doing it this way, but the Lord wants you to do it this way. you got to learn how to change and do it this way. Now, the problem some of us have is we, we are here. The Lord wants us to change to here, but here we are going like this. Doing everything except what the Lord told us to do until we finally get here. It took you that long to get to this point where really all you had to do was change to go here. Everybody see what I'm doing now? Everybody see that some people, now, I, to be honest with you, if you, you, are you, if you're one of these people that have to do, you doing all this right here, I feel you because I'm like you sometimes. But the Lord will help me sometimes to be from here to here. If I could just change a little bit and get in line with God, then I'm okay. But sometimes it takes me a minute to get back. Okay, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm going. I, I pray, you know, when I want to. Oh, I I give when I want to. I I treat people right when I want to. You know, I'm gonna just. It takes me a minute to get back. When really all you have to do is just change to what God wants you to do. Everybody see that? And I know it's frustrating to go all around circles. Because God's still going to be waiting for you at the same place he told you to come to. 
Y'all know how God is. He, he'll wait for that at that same spot he told you to come to. And he, all he's going to do is say, hey, I'm right here. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and what? Forevermore. He don't change. We're the one doing all the change. It should be on a day-by-day basis. So we got to learn how to change. We got to learn how to change. And so the Lord was teaching Simon. He teaches Simon. So he says this in verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. Look at their productivity. Everybody was astonished. They wondered. They were surprised at the catch at fish they had taken. Everybody was astonished. Oh, God. You notice that Jesus' message extended beyond the surface to the fish in a deeper part of their life. Jesus was getting after their heart. He was after their skills. He was after their passion to become fishers of men. God wanted them to be blessed, but he desires for us to bless others as well. Woo, thank God for that. Not only that, other disciples, other followers received the benefits, and Jesus continued by instructing them not to allow fear to grip them. Now you're in deep water receiving a deep harvest with a great increase. And so also with James and John, verse 10, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch, you will ensnare, you will take captive, you will capture men. Men. Souls that need to be saved. Yeah, I know you caught these fish. Yeah, you thought that you couldn't do it. You thought, uh, I know you washed your nets. You had said, I'm finished. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I've been toiling all night. But now, I caught this great load. One of the biggest loads, biggest catches that we read about, about these individuals here. You know, I thought it was interesting. This is just a side note. All these fish could have fed probably maybe the 5,000, but when Jesus created five, feed 5,000, he took two. Five loaves and what? Two fish. God's amazing, ain't it? That's why you can't try to figure this thing out on your own. It? <laughs> Woo! Anyway, just a side note, all right? Jesus told them not to fear. From now on, they were going to catch what? Men. They were going to catch men. We have to be willing to go deep in God to the point not to let other things, people, relationships, our own mindset stop us from following Jesus. We can't let us, we can't stop following Jesus. So in verse 11, and so when they had brought their boats to land, can you imagine? They got all these fish in this boat. All these fish. Two boats with nets, more than one. The Bible says in verse 11, they forsook all and followed him. They yielded up all and followed or joined and connected to Jesus. A divine moment for all of them. Even after a great haul of fish, they realized their destiny was bigger than where they were currently. Simon and others had to have had to be faith walkers because they left on and followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Simon and others had to launch out beyond fear. They had, they, they had to continue to continue to follow him despite whatever they were dealing with, whatever may have came their pathway. They had to launch past that in order to be faith walkers. You know, when I was thinking about this, and I've studied the life of these men after they started following Jesus, I don't remember one time that they they did not get every need met in their life. I don't think of one time. I couldn't think of one. I mean, it could be. I'm not going to say I know every word in the Bible, every lesson in the Bible. But I was thinking about the disciples. When they started following Jesus, they left all that fish and they started following him. And I'm not saying to quit your job and start following Jesus and let God tell you to. 
But when you follow God, he's going to make sure your needs are taken care of. He's going to make sure he supplies every one of your needs. As you follow Jesus, just like these disciples did, John and John and Simon, Simon later became Peter. You'll never read it. I don't never remember reading about any time they did not have every one of their needs met. Every time. And I say this to all of us because God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. When you follow Jesus, I believe he'll meet every one of your needs. Every one of them. Every one of your needs will be met. How will he do it? Hey, he's going to meet them according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to do it. I, I mean, you, you, you study the Bible yourself. Find one time that God did not meet every need. Therefore, you can't be afraid to follow. You cannot be afraid to do what he instructed you to do, which is to catch men. You can't be afraid of that. You can't operate in fear, but you must be a faith walker because he's meeting every need. They did not let fear stop them, and we should not let fear stop us from following Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.